0: Fresher than your father podcast. Boom. Bam. We're back like a Batman episode.
1: They they return Batman episodes? They come back?
0: I don't know. I feel like that's some Batman episode shit from back in the day, like that uh sixties oh, yeah. TV series. And they Bang. have the, the sound effects that would then visually appear on the screen. Zap. Bam, wham. Pow. Yeah. We're back. If you don't know, now you know. Now you know.
1: Yeah. hmm
0: What number is this? Is this this 29? 20. Wow. We're That's almost par- there, guys.
1: Yeah. What
0: were you going to say? You were about to say something. I was going
1: to say 29 is a powerful number. I can't go into any more detail, yeah, on that fact, but uh to someone twenty nine is meaningful, so to that person uh, uh salute
0: yes, we salute you,
1: we salute you what what what's happening this evening it's gonna be a out night, you guys just buckle in, grab the uh grab the handlebars tight it's gonna be a a hell of a ride,
0: yes, a hell of a ride. Because you are locked in to Fresher Than Your Father podcast number 29. Right. One thing I wanted to just throw out there, because I've been listening to some of the, the, the older pre- Fresher Than Your Father podcasts, because I have nothing better to do. Right. We, we yeah. toss around various slang terms. Some of mm-hmm. them emphasize, create, not created, but you know, we, we have our own lingo. Yes. Then there are other just classic phrases and terms that we might throw out there. For instance, I think in a recent episode near the end, you said you used the phrase flat out. Oh,
1: that's a nice one.
0: Flat out, flat out. And it was very, a very serious usage. But there was there was no questioning. I think that's how flat out works. I think so.
1: I think flat out is just that's it. Nothing else to discuss about
0: it. Stop talk. It's over. Done. Mm-hmm. I just, I, it's something about it flat out. I haven't heard it in a minute. Flat out. Flat out. Flat out.
1: You know, it's, it's odd as you become older, these slang terms are just kind of woven in and they pop out at random times. Yup. But you like to use them.
0: They're fun. Hey. I love them. Flat out. and um, I believe in a long ago podcast, we discussed the term herb. Okay. As in, you got herbed out.
1: Right. Or you're just a herb.
0: And I recently researched this. Did I send you that link? You might have. I don't know. Evidently, we were wondering, where does the term herb originate? Was there an original herb? Right. Burger King had a commercial back in the 80s that I was unaware of. It might have been just in the Northeast, where a dorky guy named Herb, I believe, was searching for a Burger King. And he was so dorky that he made enough of an impression upon cats... I believe in like upstate New York or in New York that they started calling cats herb, wow, yeah, I just I did
1: the quick Google herb is in full effect right now,
0: herb man,
1: wow, yeah see, and when you when you see herb, it becomes immediately clear why being herb is a bad thing, oh yeah, I want no parts of that
0: in. There's no herbs on fresher than your father. We're anti herb. Nah, (laughs) just the fact that you said it, I'm
1: shaking my head. Like, come on, man, that can't possibly happen. And and let me tell you something else. I better not see a nerd or a jerk flat out.
0: (laughs) I couldn't even say without laughing. (laughs) But seriously, no nerds, no jerks. Jerks. I am a nerd, though. Yeah, me too. You know. Yeah. Jerks, busters,
1: herbs. I was just thinking about busters, man. If I see a buster, I would do a buster like I do a mascot. Mascots have those large heads that you just want to punch. Boom. Busters the same way.
0: Yeah. Busters. The busters get busted. Do they? All right. I, I... I feel like we went there, you know. Are there any other slang terms we need to go in on? Y'all learn would, learn a little something, listeners. You know about these herbs.
1: Yeah, and I I think it's always important that you know we we establish how it goes down, right? Because you know, like we we live in various spaces, you know, in various spaces you have to let it be known what goes on here, right? Yeah. Freshen your father. No, you know what I mean? Like, to save us all time, you know, like, like Mob Deep said, you know, save you, save you money on your hospital bills, right? So that was important that we let the busters, herbs, jerks. It's but, important work. Let them know. Let them know.
0: Yeah. And hipsters don't think you're off the hook.
1: Man, we almost let them have a, have a freebie. Yeah, they might have thought, "Oh, it's all good now. It's all good. Things are it's rosy over there." Yeah, no, 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 we don't still know, know about
0: you. Oh yeah, buying bicycles just to fuck them up. Shameful. Shameful. But look, I didn't mean to start out the show on a negative note.
1: Uh, like I said, I don't think it's negative,
0: but all we right. could we could spin it.
1: Into some positive things, or just even the next thing. Whatever the next thing may turn out to eventually be. Right. I tell you what, though, there are some nerds and jerks out there, not j- nerds, but jerks and busters who are currently negotiating, if you want to call it that, for our beloved NBA. Yeah. This is awful, man. This is awful.
0: It's fucking ridiculous, man.
1: You know, I I, I keep telling myself, "Well, it's going to be NCAA basketball," but that's just not the same. That's not the same.
0: No, 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 no. I mean, it'll be something. It'll be. It'll feel. It'll feel better than it is because. I mean, hopefully there'll be some NBA, but if there's not, you know, the the NCAA will, will will feel. Pretty good because there's no right. NBA, but man, right. what the fuck, man? David Stern, fuck you. Right, Billy Hunter, fuck you. Motherfucking shit.
1: Just everybody, fuck. Well, no, I
0: got, I got, I gotta send a fuck you out to Paul Allen, man. Get, get yeah. the fuck out of here with that bullshit.
1: Oh yeah, and uh, the owner of the Cavs, what's his name? Douche McGee. What's his name though? I'm blanking on his name. Uh uh Punk Herb Street. Yeah. What, what's his name? Let's let's look this up. Um, um Daniel Gibson, Daniel. Oh, what's his name? <laughs> Daniel Gibson. <laughs> Dan Gilbert. There he goes. <laughs> Dan Gilbert. I wanna and I wanna tackle that dude, man.
0: Catch a corny, man. Whack. Yeah.
1: I want the Dirk Nowitzki one leg jumper in somebody's grill right now. Bam! I've had it. But but you know one thing that we did want to talk about. I want to talk about. I, I was so disappointed in the coverage of Bryant Gumbel's comments about David Stern. Right. Word. So did you you did you get a chance to catch any of the coverage? Ian?
0: Not much, because I I kind of the coverage of his analysis, right, of his statement. Right. And I I kind of I I felt I knew what cats were gonna say about it, so I kind of like was like, eh, I don't need to hear the same thing again and again. But I want to hear what did you what you catch you caught it. What what was your uh, your take on it?
1: I think you 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 were right to kind of dip from it because it, it was so worthless. And just to catch, you know, both the listeners up on what happened. So you know, at the end of his show, um, what is this show called? It's called uh, Real Sports. So HBO. It's a great, great, great show. But some of us are poor because we're American. Ninety nine percent. So I can't afford cable, much less HBO. But anyway, at the end of the show, Brian Gumble has his little comments where he just says. Whatever. So I'm, I'm on this site libio.net. I don't know what the hell this is, but they have a transcript. And essentially, what he says is, you know, that David Stern is the NBA's infamously egocentric con- uh, commissioner. Talks about the the lockout, blah blah blah. And um, he says Stern's version of what's been going on behind closed doors has, of course, been disputed. But his efforts were typical of a commissioner who always seemed eager to be viewed as some kind of modern plantation overseer. Treating NBA men as if they were his boys. And then he refers to his past self-serving edicts on dress code and the questionings of, the questioning of officials. His moves were intended to do little more than show how he's keeping one, he's the one keeping the hired hands in their place. Right? So of course everybody takes that directly to race. But it's just as much about Workers' rights. Yep. It's about economy. And so, you know, economics and race, you know, that's plantation stuff, that's slavery stuff. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, there's a couple of things about it. One, one, slavery is about racism. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, is it sure? But it's also about economics. Yeah. Right? It's about capitalists getting rich off of yeah. the cheapest possible labor. I.e. slave labor, right? So, it's like, they dismiss the comments because they're saying, no, that David Stern is not racist. Which, I, I, to be totally honest, I don't care if he is or not. There's just enough people I assume to be racist. You know what I mean? It's like that, that show, you ever seen that show, uh, uh Avenue Q? Everybody's a little racist sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know I, I just I'm not tripping on it so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. as that I am on the class and the and the workers' rights and the labor issues. It's like they just want to jump past that
0: and go straight to race,
1: and then it's easily dismissed
0: exactly, easily dismissed. It's like a little loophole, and they easily dismiss it, and I feel like I'm trying to figure out how to say this that makes sense. I feel like also the fact that I don't know that he went there and went straight at it with this with this kind of like I mean with this analysis. I mean it was a what a one and a half minute segment or whatever. Or oh yeah, that really season, short, right? So yep. I'm, I'm not gonna. And it's not like it was a deep, thorough analysis or something like that. But like with his with his ana- analysis for what in the, within that time frame. um he went there for a reason. It's not like he, he just was like shooting off at the mouth. No. You know what I mean?
1: Well that's been one of the cool things. Like certain people, uh Mike Wilbon in particular, Michael Wilbine has said I've talked about Brian talked about this at length with Brian Gumble. And I know he's been thinking about this for a long time. So this is this is well crafted distillation of something he's been thinking about quite a bit.
0: I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such an interesting situation because people within this whole worker capitalist, like, I don't know, like, I I guess people don't want to think beyond the fact that, uh, you know, NBA player a makes a million dollars and NBA player B makes two million dollars and don't want to look at just the, the, the broader scheme of things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay? It's like people don't want to look at the broader scheme of things in a lot of different industries. But, no. but you know, like, there's a reason there's a union, you know what I mean? Exactly. In, the, in these, in these, if, if everything was great and these cats were making lots of money and, you know, like, what am I trying to say? I'm a little out of it, but let me try to try to rephrase myself. But I mean, basically, like they wouldn't be making all this money, a, if there wasn't a union, and they're making right. this money because, and there is a union because the guys on, on the owners are are making gazillions off of them. You know? Oh yeah. And oh if, yeah. We've talked about this before, and I, I don't mean to be restating the the the, the basic kind of. The basic shit here, but it's just, I don't know, it's like getting cats to look at the big picture or acknowledge the big picture, you know, like, I don't know, like, that's why you need to make statements about plantation owners and shit. Oh, yeah, you know I mean, and, because otherwise, and, cats aren't looking at that.
1: No, and but they're still not, and that's what's frustrating about no. the coverage, yeah, because when he says his moves were intended to do little more than show he's the one keeping the hired hand in their place. The vast majority of us are hired hands being kept in our place through some kind of policy, right? Yeah. So if you can box that statement into race, then you can dismiss it by saying, well, no, David Stern's not a racist, which is the thing everybody says, right? Well, they're not racist. Like, that's all you have to say in America now. Ah, well, he's not racist. And everybody goes, "Mm, yeah, you're right, because who is, right? (laughs) That's how everybody acts. But then yeah. it obscures the fact that no, he's not so much. I mean, you can't dismiss the fact that these are a bunch of black men. Exactly. But he throws, but he throws in the questioning of the officials too. So what he's saying is, across the employee base of the NBA, Stern is a good lackey. He doesn't go here because he knows. I well, I don't know what he knows, but he's a good lackey for the owners because he works for the owners. Yeah. And he wants to let the owners know. I got the workers. Yeah, I got them, and and when it comes time for them to talk about what they are deserving, I'm going to help you put my put your foot on their neck, right? Which, you know, I mean, I don't know if what you do generates millions of dollars. The first person to get millions of dollars should be you.
0: Yeah,
1: they I they are the one. They're the only workers in the whole thing who can't be replaced.
0: If you have a problem with them making millions of dollars, then you should have a problem with capitalism in general, in my opinion. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Like if you think that they, I, I'm all open to, man, what the fuck, basketball players bounce the ball and they get millions of dollars and teachers and janitors get shit. I hear you, it's fucked up, but that's capitalism.
1: That's how it works.
0: That's how it works. You know? That's how the system is made to work. Yep. So, you know, and if the owners had their way, there would be no union, or there'd at least be the NFL where they could just kick players out whenever they got injured, or whatever. Mm-hmm. The crappy contract, and they wouldn't get paid shit. Well, shit for, you know, the contracts would be over, etc. So I, right. you know, like, you you can even look at other these other major leagues and see what the owners would do in leagues that are prospering more i mean you look at the nfl right and and they're making way more money than baseball or basketball oh yeah and yet their contract is worse and players are treated worse for doing a, for playing in a sport that doesn't have even have the longevity of the other leagues you know
1: no and far more destructive to the body exactly but- but that's why they're more lucrative lucrative and more profitable. Yeah. I mean, part of it is the product. Like, we can't ignore it. Like, there's something unique about football. And, you know, that's a whole other discussion about why Americans like football the way they do. But no question, part of the reason why it's so profitable, you can cut a person today. Cut yeah. them. I, I don't owe you any of that money. Right.
0: And yet, the owners in that sport are making more money than the owners in the MBA. Right. So it it just, you know, this, you know, 99%, it's like it's like you know, the banks got bailed out and what do they do with that money? They were supposed to reinvest it in the jobs and things. No, they kept it and they paid like their, you know, their friends. Oh well, sure, they pay themselves. Oh sure. You know? That's how that works. That's how capitalism works. So yep. Yep. You know. And it, on the on the uh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and on the on on the race I hate I hate using phrases like the race issue. This is bullshit sure phrase. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. On the on on the racial dynamic of what Hubble said, it's also what you were saying is like, oh David Stern, he's not a racist. But it's that also goes into the whole discussion about, you know, um in America, at least publicly, you aren't really a racist unless you're out there in the street just saying the N-word or some shit, you know? Right, Like, right. until until some cat is out there saying some just straight-up anti-Semitic shit or, you know, just some real foul things, there would just be all the, especially the talking heads in the media, mm-hmm. oh, no, nah, no, nah, he, you know, he didn't mean that. She, she, no, no, no. That policy might only affect black people, but, no, nah, no, nah, you know. Right. You know, so there's there's also that too. Yeah, uh, it's but but you know I anyway I agree with what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's like a weird gotcha game. It's not about let's inform each other or come up with better understandings yeah. about what's happening. It's a weird gotcha game where exactly. you can't say certain things. And you know, if Brian Gumble was white. He wouldn't. That's a dumbass frame for a comment. Let me just admit that up front. But but I think the reality is like you know.
0: Oh, but but, but if, Brian if Gumbel was Gumbel was, was white and he said that, the reaction would be different. I'm not totally sure how, different. how dynamically different, but it would be different.
1: Yeah, he would be subject to the gotcha game that prevents the, the accurate conversations of it. So mm-hmm. the the talking heads that talk about this issue or, or Brian Gumbel's comments, they're caught up in the same game of, well, we, we don't want to get caught saying stuff that could be construed as yeah. us not, you know what I mean, instead yeah. of, instead of let's deal with the issues at hand, which really are about class and workers. And I don't know. So that's all I wanted to talk about. I just, you know, it's typical of, of the level of, of it's like everybody's a pundit, but all the pundits talk about nothing.
0: Yeah, and you know, and more and more, all the big pundits work for ESPN in some in some manner or way, right? Because, oh, yeah. And so then you have... You know, like, how much can they say? They might be afraid of saying something politically questionable as deemed by the owners, the people who run ESPN. I'm not trying to come to their defense necessarily at all, but I think it's just more of this capitalist shit. Like, now you have all of these pundits who might, some of them, a lot of them might feel like, you know, they might be on that dumb shit. A couple of them might, might agree with Gumble, but, you know, they can't, they don't feel they can speak out on that, otherwise they'll be, whether or not they'll be fired immediately, the reaction of their peers might be like too much pressure, you know, etc. Right. It's just, you know, like, and, ah, uh, anyway. Fucking capitalism.
1: It's garbage.
0: Garbage, man. Ninety nine percent.
1: Uh let me let me just say a quick thing, just for everybody out there. You know, I'm I'm do taking this class, history of technology right now. Y'all y'all should definitely go back and read up on the Industrial Revolution. Word These up. are not new issues, man. No. This is like, you know. Yeah. No. Word up. That just happened.
0: That just happened. We really went in there on that. And you know, now I will you know.
1: Say, now you know. I will say, I've recently been been kind of. I've started to question my like of sports.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I feel like I'm 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 supporting a dirty industry, and I, I'm I'm wondering if I need to start stepping back. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, I definitely. Question that, especially with my recent, like, the last eight or nine years of where I've really gotten into college football, Mm -hmm. which I feel is really one of the most evil (laughs) mass-produced sports out there, which we talked about before, because, you know, what's happening to these kids' bodies, and and they're not getting any kind of pay for it, and it's just horrendous. But I mean sports, man. I love sports, man.
1: I, I do too. I just, you know what I mean? Like I'm seeing what's happening with the NBA. You know, you see the game that the NFL, their, their little labor strife, if you want to call it that. Um, it's just, and then I'm doing a, uh, fantasy football for the third year. And it may just be that my team is, is whacked. But I just when I'm watching the game, it changes the way I'm watching the game, and I'm like, why why am I happy like I don't know I don't want to go too much in detail, but you know what I mean? it's just like it's feeling it's it's feeling like I'm watching porn,
0: yeah, I mean, the fantasy football stuff and the fantasy sports stuff, I can't really feel I did like the fantasy basketball thing for one season, and I got so frustrated and agitated by it. Yep. That I just had to stop it. I gave up halfway through. Yep. But I do feel that especially with, you know, you listen to Bill Simmons and you listen to, I don't know, these different shows and these different, you know, there's a whole, I don't know if it's, I mean, I know it's always been there, but I'm wondering because of the Internet and the media complex, the whole gambling industry and the whole kind of like this kind of fantasy slash gambling industry that's grown around sports, Oh, well, yeah. Sports isn't really about sports as much, but it's, it's about sports and how much you're going to win off of it or how much you're going to, uh, you know, take in off of it or, you know, these extra meanings to games besides whether your team wins or not. You know what I right. mean? As a fan. Yep. And I do think that that's, that's, I can't get into it personally and I, and I worry about like what it does as a fan. Like, what does to do your kind of love of the game and how you're looking at the, you know, watching games and stuff? Oh, yeah. You know? It changes
1: it. It just totally changes how you watch games. Totally changes it. So, and, and it, I, I don't, I don't know what I think about it. I just know that it, it well, I'm not going to lie. Like, my my dad kind of put it in me like, you know, well, this is really just for people who can't play and they feel so disconnected from the game and you know his feelings as the racial composition of the game has changed the majority of the public like like white fans don't feel like they can personally connect with players and i don't know if i agree with that or not but his idea is that fantasy gives you a way to engage with the individuals of the game without in- engaging with them as people and I, I don't even know how much these players want you to engage with them as people you know what i mean but like it's it's just that it's a way to like disconnectedly interface in a real particular way, and that that's kind of been bubbling in the back of my mind. And then it just, you know, like I have a, a a player on my my team, and and his team is a team I like, and there's another like I got a running back, and another running back is about to run in the the touchdown. I like this team. I want this team to win. But I don't want that dude to score the touchdown. So he gets tackled at the one. I'm like, great. Whereas otherwise it would have been bad, right?
0: Yeah. It's
1: like this real self-serving view of the game in a way that's just not, not, it's just not real to, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. I I just think, I, I think all of these things are, are, are putting sports into a whole new light for me that is kind of making me feel uncomfortable about the way one, it's presented or the way it's produced, the way it's presented, and then kind of what, what that means for me participating in it by watching it and talking about it and obsessing over it. I hear you. That's it. I can't wait till NBA's back.
0: <laughs> man, I can't wait either, man. Shit.
1: So fired up for it.
0: It was going to start next week. <sighs> well, speaking of next week. Speaking of next week. These Halloween styles. Man. I don't, what's your feeling on Halloween? Well, let me say this. I,
1: I figure out how to say this. The other wife doesn't listen to this. I enjoy that women dress... Slutty. (laughs) But I think it's bad that that's what it has become. But I'm not gonna lie that it's enjoyable.
0: Okay. I'm not gonna lie. There's observation number one.
1: But why is it like that? When did that happen?
0: I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit that Okay, well, two things. When I was a kid, I got down with the various costume styles. Yeah. In fact, there were several, like, kind of crazy homemade costume styles that my mom put together for me. That's that's a regular occurrence, yeah. And then once the costume styles were over and the kind of, you know, the candy trick-or-treat type styles were over, hmm. I... Eh. I was kind of done with Halloween. Yep. Dressing up, eh. It's just kind of always came off on some, you know, and, you know, shout out to all my drama homies out there, but I just was never the drama cat. I was the shy nerdy cat. And I just, the idea of dressing up, goofing off at the office party. Right. Of which Of which there will be one next week. Nice. Eh. Not really my style. Mm-hmm. Not a hater. Some cats, I'm not going to mention names, try to place me as a hater of dressing up in Halloween. Wow. But personally, it's just not my style. Sure.
1: I, I can't remember the last time I like, dressed up, dressed up. Because, so this is the thing, like, for women, it's dress slutty. For men, it's dress up like women. <laughs> right? So I was on that style at one party where hardly many people dressed up. And I got drunk and people were lifting up my skirt. And I was like, you know, I'm done with this. Word. I'm done. I've had it.
0: It just gets real. It it just gets questionable. too. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about just certain, you know. Questionable, politically questionable, culturally questionable things, especially white people doing and other cats just coming with questionable styles on Halloween. Like, like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to take that culture and make it a a costume.
1: Right. No. Or I'm going to ignore what this means in order to wear it as the costume. Like the whole pimp I'm going to dress as a pimp? Yeah. And then let's dress our child as a pimp. I, I think we've forgotten what pimps do. Right? Like like that's probably not what we wanna wanna have the youngsters doing. Yeah. Person in your father.
0: Can't Yo, I think there was one year where it was just too much candy corn. I can't really fuck with candy corn anymore. No, candy corn is a problem. I think. Uh, yeah.
1: You could run. I think it's cool to run like two or three candy corns. Like yeah, two, a, or
0: two or three, yeah.
1: Two or three. But they're kind of like fruitcake is to Christmas. I don't know who really likes them, but they're still everywhere.
0: They're always there. Big bags of them.
1: Oh, yeah. The wife bought some. I don't know what happened to them. She might have eaten them.
0: I, man. I can't even think about candy corn too much.
1: No, I think she took them to work. I think, like, what happened was she bought them, had a few, and then said, (laughs) eh, this is candy corn, isn't it? And then then the next thing happened where you take it, and then everybody can do that. I think I'll have two or three of these, and then after a week or two, they're gone.
0: Ah, man. Candy corn, man.
1: And then there's pumpkins. We have pumpkins at the crib. Do you carve pumpkins?
0: Back in the day, I carved pumpkins. My dad was... uh, he was a real, you know, he's like an artist, and he was just real creative with the pumpkins. He had crazy pumpkin styles. When people
1: go in on the pumpkins, they're awesome. Joe-ass pumpkin, Joe-ass Lantern is real played out.
0: Yeah, man, it's just, what are you doing? Couldn't you have done you know, now we're awesome sh- in that time you spent carving that pumpkin?
1: Oh, with, the, with the internet, you're seeing some amazing pumpkin styles. Some probably really inappropriate.
0: But that's just gonna, that's the internet.
1: That is the internet. That is the internet. But there's been this new, this new style where people are coming with, where they take the inside, when they carve the pumpkin, they take the guts of the pumpkin, and the position it as throw up, coming right, out of I the pumpkin. I
0: saw that style.
1: With beers around.
0: I just, you know what I think when I see that? Yeah. I just think hipster. I'm sorry if that just ruined ruined where you were going with it, but I... (sighs) No, you know, at first, it's it's
1: the way the internet works now. At first, it was a hilarious thing. At first, at 10th, it's played out already. Yeah. And once it's played out, it's hipster.
0: It is, and the more, like, kind of beers around it you're adding and... Yeah. You know, mustaches. I just, you know, there's certain (laughs) things. I'm I'm sorry Uh, to go on a little rant here, but there's certain things, and you're just looking at it, like you're reading an article about someone, you're seeing this picture on the internet, and there's this line between kind of creative, funny, like, oh word, like, that was, that was clever. For instance, in my opinion, clever, picture of a carton of milk little eyeballs we are the two percent (laughs) clever right all right but especially when you get in the dynamic with a couple paps in the background hipster there was an article in the village voice and the village voice known to be some hipster ass shit these days but article in the village voice about a dude who makes these weird toys like, he'll, like, paint a bunch of super fi- uh, Superman, paint a bunch of fucking Star Wars figures, like, pink and purple, and call them, like, the gay Star Wars Stormtroopers or something, right? And just random-ass weirdo shit like that. Okay. And you're reading about it and how, like, he struggled to get his toy business off the ground. I know I'm really going way out on the ledge right now, but I'm just telling you. And at first, you're like, oh, this guy's like a – he makes toys. I kind of want to read about that. I want to read about cats who make their own toys and do things like, you know, go to these toy festivals. And, like, I want to – you know, I I know nothing about that world. Right. But two pages in, it's just so obvious. This is just a fucking hipster. (laughs) And he's just laying around some apartment (laughs) on the Lower East Side. Painting fucking expensive toys he bought off eBay and reselling them. Like, and smoking weed and getting drunk and going to parties. Like, <laughs> you're just a dirty fucking hipster. <laughs> I don't want to buy your toys. I don't want to touch your toys. You know what I right. mean? Right, right. So. Right. Sorry. I no, had to, it's hard. I fine. had to go down that road because, you know, this is fresher than your father podcast. And when we feel... We need to build on something, we build.
1: We had to build. We had to build it see, but but you're you're pulling out a theme that that is a through line and fresher than your father. And sometimes we catch each other and it's important. There's a thin line sometimes between something that's witty and then hipster. Yeah. And and we are an important vital source for mining that line. It started off okay. But too many PBRs by that fucking jack-o'-lantern. And you went off the rails,
0: son. Son. You heard that. <laughs> went me out. off the rails.
1: Wasn't it's, the way to go. It yeah. wasn't
0: the way to go. And and that's why you come, youngsters, listeners, jerks, even, that you're still listening. Yep. come You come to, to listen to us go off on these things, cause we, we've studied these, these hipsters. We've studied these, you know, individuals and in these groups, and we are here to pontificate on these things. Yep.
1: Yep. I, I think, with that in mind, we want we want everybody to, to be critical about also what you're listening to at the Halloween time. Absolutely. Don't let hipsters roll up on you with some bullshit that they've d- decided is some nice ironic Halloween music. Exactly. Don't let them roll up on you with that. Some people, the homie note the writer just did a hilarious little EP. Shout out. Holla at that on Bandcamp.
0: Yeah.
1: It's funny. It's witty. It's comedic. It is not hipster. right?
0: Exactly.
1: It's integrity in the work. That's what we're talking about. That's what you're talking about. There's no integrity in painting fucking toys. <laughs> There's no... And then saying this is my new shit, there's no integrity there.
0: There's no integrity.
1: So when you're when you're looking at your jack o' lanterns, when you're looking at your music to play while you get drunk with friends, and don't drink the PBR. Don't that's that's that middle of the line half assy hipster shit. Either you're drinking Miller Lights or you're drinking. I'm fucking with New Glarus right now, Moon Man. That's good beer. That's good beer.
0: Just wait, there it is. (laughs) <laughs> Good beer. You know, you no, know, let's, don't have Let's, let's have a, a beer hipster question. The Yingling. Yes. Okay. Is the Yingling a hipster move? Where see, does it fall? I feel like it's really floating. It's floating in a bunch of different worlds right there.
1: It is. See, this is, a, this is a tough line right here. Is something hipster because of what it is or how it's used? Word. So, that Star Wars toy, that in and of itself ain't hipster. But how it was used was hipster. Yingling, see, there's this a simple way we talk about it. Yingling is good beer. That's just good beer. It's not, it's not Joe ass, awful beer. It's not PBR. See, PBR is trash beer that they try to convince you is cool. Right? This is, Yingling is good, solid, Joe ass beer. So people, there have been people who have been drinking Yinglings for years, and it's just, it's a fine beer. Right? But it can be used for hipster evil. We you want to be
0: careful. You want to be careful.
1: Right. Know? And when people start throwing it around at you, I drink yingling. Okay. It's probably other things you drink if, that you if don't. If
0: you're drinking too many yinglings and you're thinking about growing a mustache, you need right. to stop.
1: Right. It's, it's what are you combining the yingling with and how are you using the yingling in casual conversation. Is it, I enjoy this yingling. I'd like another. That's fine. Is it, I can't believe you're drinking that. I'm drinking a yingling. <laughs> that's, that's hipster. That's douchey.
0: Yeah. There, right? there it is. That's a very, it's very simple and plain right there. Mm-hmm. Dave just laid it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another question floating the line. Back in the early hipsterish days, kind of pre-hipster, pre-present-day hipster, mm-hmm. this an album came out that was it was a monumental in a certain way, a monumental hip hop album. Hip hop nerds were talking about it. Cats who were real heads in the game, everyone, a lot of cats were talking about it. underground heads. Various heads were talking about this album. Not necessarily everyone liked this album, Mm. but Cats respected this album. There you go. In the hip-hop world. Okay. But then at a certain point, hipsters and, like, hipster-type Cats, they found out about this album. And something about it really, like, they glued onto it. And it became mm-hmm. some other shit For gotcha. at least a little while This gotcha. album being Dr. Octagon
1: Classic record
0: It's a classic weirdo fucking record Yep Production styles Automator doing things Obviously Cool Keith Rhyming like an alien Like no one had really fucked with that styles before
1: That's key. That's key. That's you key. got you got two great artists fucking around, trying new styles, but doing it with integrity. There's no half-assing on
0: that no, record. No. There's no half-assing on the record, including just artist number three, DJ Qbert. At that point, if you hadn't if you hadn't been paying attention to the nerdy turntableist world, boom! All of a sudden, holy shit, Qbert, Qbert, doing things on that. And record. He, And these these are three
1: really, really high-level artists. High-level artists. High-level. And I'll admit, I don't necessarily like that record, but I respect that record.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I probably ended up really only enjoying about four, maybe five songs in that record. And some of them for comedic purposes. Sure. But... I really respect that record. Um, especially, man, some of the cuts that Q were laid down on that record, because I was, I think I only had, came out right around when I got my first turntable, as in one turntable. So I wasn't oh, yes. cutting anything up, but I was like, whoa, like that makes me want to scratch records.
1: Right. And this is, this is pre digital doubles or pre, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, what do you call it? Automatic doubles or whatever it's called. This is before that,
0: Youngsters. Youngsters. So, yeah, Doctor Octagon, man. So, I don't want—I don't—I don't really feel hipster in this in, in this episode's, you know, lyrical uh, renaissance. Because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let you let you hear the science here that Keith was putting down, A.K.A. Doctor Octagon. Yep. Um, I think his partner in crime on the record uh, went by Chewbacca uncircumcised. Mhm. Notice the Yeti reference. Shout but, out. Uh, shout out. Yetis. All Yetis. But I think this is the final track on the album. I believe it only appeared on some of the albums. Not to get real hip hop nerdy with you, but it did appear. I think on the 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 major release of the album, the final track, um, where where Keith assumes a new persona. As Mr. Gerbic in the song, half shark, half alligator, half man.
1: <laughs> and, and just to, to let people know, this is, this is fresher than your father certified Halloween approved music. That's right. Lyrical renaissance. Lyrical Freak, renaissance. Freaking styles with integrity.
0: Boom. Boom. So we're going we're gonna to start it off. And I, this part isn't a wrap. At the start, there's some very, there's a sample from a the movie. There's some growling noises. And then Keith enters. Yes. You have met the dangerous 208 year old uncle of Dr. Octagon. I myself, Mr. Gerbic, half shark, half man. Skin like alligator carrying a dead walrus. Check it. Just you thought it was going to be some hipster shit. You thought it was going to be some just weirdo shit. But he comes with that hip hop. Check it at the end. Wow. That's 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 an intro right there.
1: That's vitally important. One day we may have to go through all of the approved intros to verses. Oh, yeah. Check it is on the list.
0: Check it. Busted. All yeah. right. Here we go. Verse one. Mr. Gerbic. With my white eyes, gray hair, face is sky blue, yellow. Sideburns react. My skin is colored lilac. My skin turn orange and green in the limousine. People think I'm mixed with shark drinking gasoline. Underwater, I breathe and let loose on my sleeve. Walking down Hollywood Boulevard with a credit card. Three alligators behind me. Feel my skin is hard. Transvestites and people watch space parasites. I left his head in the store. Legs in the street. Body in Wilcox with blood dripping off my feet. LAPD through gray clouds couldn't see me. I first turned rainbow close my eyes, watch my brain glow. People got scared, ran away, they think I'm weird. I was born this way, half shark, half alligator. I gotta say, the chorus on this song is genius. Hit hit him with the chorus. I think the chorus, I might have to play the song later, it has a high-pitched voice, I don't know if it's a sample Of half shark, half alligator, half man. And then there's a deep (laughs) voice that comes in and says, "Half man, half shark." Should we go with another with another verse here? I mean, this is just this amazing.
1: Just real quick, I love that people think he's half shark. Like people are seeing this and going. I believe that man is half shark. <laughs> and then I love that through gray clouds, the police can't see him. See, like, it's an important thing. Every MC knows that you have to point out how nobody's seeing you. Yeah. Right.
0: That, oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Because you you can't see me. I'm on this shit. You're on that shit. If you were on this shit, you could see me, but you can't see me.
0: It's one of the most classic <laughs> MC tactics ever. So essential. This is what we talk about. This is, they're, they're doing it
1: right. It's oh, on some God. next oh. shit. Wow. But he's doing things
0: like, uh, yeah. You know. I'm, I'm gonna skip to verse 3. Can I skip to verse 3 here? Do it. Do it. Verse 3.
1: Lyrical Renaissance.
0: Yeah. In my real world, orangutans dance for Thanksgiving. With skeleton bones and skunk tails is my mission. Holding backward wraps to all my power packs. Baboons clap and girl horses want to hit the sack. (laughs) Uh, Wow. (laughs) We're too bold for ocean water. Monkeys sniffing ice. Contact Jupiter Pool's Martians. Bring my rice. I'm out flying with purple capes in the twilight. Ooh, 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 tonight's the night. My oxygen regions, New York to California, half shark, alligator, half man. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
1: He went all in. The baboons clapped. They knew what was up.
0: And I, bab- I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even let you in on verse two. My appetite's more big. It's time for wildebeests. <laughs> oh my half god! Half shark, half alligator, half man. Fresher than your father. Podcast number twenty nine. I think this is it for now, folks.
1: Happy Halloween, friends.